I feel much better about the Terps after the bye week. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for Inside Maryland Sports and 247 Sports and also host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com/lockedon and use Locked On College for a first-time deposit. I feel much better about Maryland football after the bye week and watching this weekend's games from home. It kind of sucked not having Maryland football this week. It did. I missed it. I wish we had a game. You always wish we had a game. But it was nice to watch some other games and see what's going around, going on around college football and around Big Ten. And I came away thinking I feel much better about the Maryland Terrapins after this weekend's slate of games. Now let me explain. I'm sure a lot of you guys watched Ohio State and Penn State go at it at Ohio State at the Buckeye Stadium in a huge game in the Big Ten and a game that was mostly low scoring, a game that was more of a defensive battle. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw it in a game where Marvin Harrison kind of carried the Ohio State Buckeyes to a win and a game where Penn State couldn't do anything on offense, man. But I came away from that game not thinking about Penn State and Ohio State. Obviously, both good teams, both good programs, both teams that we play. I mean, we already played Ohio State. But I came away thinking from that game, I feel much better about the Maryland Terrapins after watching Penn State play Ohio State. Now, let me explain. Like I said, back and forth game, where both defenses really put on a show and neither offense could really score. I, after the Maryland-Ohio State game, I was disappointed in Talia Tungavaiola. I was like, dang, you know what? I expected more from you because you're in Benny at Maryland forever. You've been through these games a ton, and I expected you to finally be able to maybe – compete and win one of these games and I thought this was one of our best chances for Talia to lead our team to victory and I thought he had one of his worst games as a Terp in terms of he went 21 of 42 barely or 21 of 41 barely over 50 percent completion percentage and he threw two interceptions one including a pick six I'm sure all you guys remember he missed multiple throws but I came away from that game thinking I'm disappointed in Talia. Just didn't do it for me this game. We had a chance to win it. We were up 10-0. We could have been up easily 17-3. He gave Ohio State a free score when the defense was playing really well. I was disappointed in Talia overall after that performance. But after watching Penn State play Ohio State's defense, whew. I feel much better about the Maryland Terrapins offense not being able to do much against Ohio State and Talia's performance against Ohio State. In case you missed it, Drew Aller actually put up 
a kind of similar but still a worse line than Talia. You could argue, honestly, that Drew played a better game just because he didn't have a he didn't throw an interception. But Drew Aller went 18 of 42 for 191 yards and a touchdown against Ohio State, which is a terrible stat line. If you saw Drew, he was way out of sorts. A lot of it might have been Penn State and stuff they needed to fix, and maybe not everything was stuff that just Ohio State was doing. But if you watch Ohio State's defense, man, they are something. Their pass rush, JT Tuamalo, everywhere you look, their corners, their secondary played really well, linebacker, Eichenberg, they have some awesome players on that defense. So a couple weeks ago when we played Ohio State, I looked at the game with, I knew Ohio State's defense was really good, but I didn't have this much evidence that Ohio State's defense might just be the best in the country, if not the best in the country, either two or three. I mean, you could put other teams up there. They might just have the best defense in the country. So when I watched Drew Aller put up 18 of 42, a terrible completion percentage, under 50%, and have a worse game than Talia with with the Left tackle at Penn State, that's going to go in the first round. That might be a top five pick. Pretty, like, not amazing wide receivers. Honestly, I think our wide receivers compared to Penn State's, I don't think they're necessarily a lot better than ours. But with two guys, two running backs that are going to be NFL running backs that are amazing, and Drew Allard goes under 50% completion. It seems like he can barely get a completion in the game. They went three and out a bunch of times in a row to start the game. It's like... Hmm. I feel a lot better about Maryland's performance against Ohio State. Despite Talia having a bad game and throwing the two picks, we were able to run the ball at times. We were able to pass the ball a little bit at times. Even though it didn't come out in the end as an amazing performance overall from the offense against Ohio State, I just overall feel much better. We were able to do more than Penn State, straight up. We played a better game than Penn State did, and it's usually not so cut and clear that we can say, oh, we played a better game than Penn State on offense against Ohio State. We're the better offense. I'm not saying that. I probably still would pick Penn State, honestly, in terms of their offense against our offense, to be completely honest. But right now, I feel a lot better that we can say that Maryland outperformed Penn State's offense against um, against what against what both teams did against Ohio State, we outperformed what Penn State did, and we know they got talented quarterback, five star quarterback, five star running back, uh, left tackle who's going top ten to draft. You know what I mean? And we still were able to out outperform them. So I come away thinking after watching that Ohio State Penn State game that I feel much better about Maryland's offense and Maryland football overall after watching that game and then another game I feel better about Maryland winning early on in the season is the Virginia game I'm not going to say as much as the Ohio State Penn State made me feel much better but the Virginia versus um, UNC if you guys missed that UNC was ranked 10th in the country and lost to a Virginia team a bad Virginia team if you don't remember we played Virginia in 142 to 10 and UNC looked a lot better against Virginia. They had 436 total yards, put up 31 points versus UNC. They barely could get 14 against us. And so 
I'm looking at the Virginia win, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, the Virginia win's a really good win. It's not. It's not that good of a win still. They're not that good of a team. It was more on the side of an upset. But I still feel a lot better about the Terps beating Virginia and the Terps football team overall beating Virginia and handling them and crushing them when UNC probably has the second pick in the draft and Drake may, and they can't beat you and they can't beat Virginia. And they were 10th rate team in the country and they can really stop them at times. Their quarterback, Virginia's quarterback, they're not starting the freshman anymore. We, we played against a freshman, which is probably part of it. They're starting their um, veteran guy now, but overall I feel much better about Maryland football after watching Penn state, against Penn State absolutely struggle against Ohio State and barely being able to score the ball. And I also feel much better after watching UNC just them just lose to a, a bad Virginia team, a Virginia team that's in a bad state, a Virginia team that I think they've only won one game before that, a Virginia team that lost to James Madison, a Virginia team that got crushed to the Terps. So I feel much better about our team overall after those two games. And then also I want to add on the Illinois game. Illinois didn't end up beating Wisconsin. They lost 25 to 21, but Wisconsin's in the same category as us. Overall, we still should have won the Illinois game, but the fact that it was close against Wisconsin, a very solid Big Ten team, it makes me feel a tiny bit better about the Illinois win or the loss. Illinois loss still hunts me down. It still hurts because I thought maybe we could go undefeated outside of the big three, but we couldn't. So the Illinois loss is still pretty bad, but I do feel a lot better after watching this weekend slate a game of what Maryland Terrapins have been able to do. And then also for the upcoming, I think maybe Maryland has a better chance than I thought to be able to be a Penn State overall, but I feel a lot better overall about Maryland football after the bye week. Has Talia exceeded my expectations or gone below them in the first seven games? We'll talk about Talia's performance so far a little bit above halfway through the season after this ad from the Athletic. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Talia Tunga Viola, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You don't have to worry about hangovers. I've talked to so many people in the Lockdown community, and they say they taste great. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Co.'s non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On and get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com, near beer. Exclusion and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. How would I grade Talia's performance so far this season? Has he exceeded my expectations? I'm going to go ahead and say he has become a tad below my expectations. Let me explain. Talia has played awesome. At times this year, he's been a really good quarterback. He's our best quarterback ever, arguably. He's changed his program around, and 
He's. I don't know if we're where we are today without him. I don't think we are. And it's going to be interesting to see if we can keep it up after Talia is gone. Can we continue to get to eight, nine wins consistently or get to seven wins and get to bowl games consistently without Talia overall? But overall this year, I think he has become a tad below my expectations. I had super high expectations coming in. I expected him to improve in different places that he still hadn't done quite well in the past, like in terms of having big performances and big games and interceptions at times and bad reads and taking hits that he didn't need to. I expected him to improve in some of those expect in some of those areas. And then I also expected him to put up big stats. I expected an all big 10 selection from him and the year's not over. And we'll give a complete review after the year's over, but I want to talk about this first seven games and how he can improve in the last couple of games that we have well we still have a good amount of games to go we still have five or six depending on how things go but overall he's just become a tad below my expectations because number one it's how he's played in the big games outside of the big games he's been really he's been really good He's still second in the Big Ten in yards, only to Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord only has 11 more than him. They've played the same amount of games. And he's second in the Big Ten in terms of touchdowns behind J.J. McCarthy. And he completes 63% of his passes. And he does everything statistically well. But we're honest on here. It's my honest takes. We also throw the ball way more than anybody else. If you look at the stats, the Terps, um, he's thrown the ball way more than Kyle McCord, and Kyle McCord has 11 more passing yards. Um, and that's not to say that, okay, that's only because we've thrown the ball. Kyle McCord also has NFL and five-star wide receivers everywhere you look, and Marvin Harrison, he's a generational talent. He's a Mecklenburg who's going to be a first-round pick. He has Carnell Tate, who's a five-star freshman that's going to be a first-round pick probably eventually when he comes out. They have dudes everywhere. They have a tight end that's really good in Stover. They have good backs. That's not to say that that means that that's a Talia problem, that he is that he's second in the Big Ten in passing yards only because he's passed the ball the most. That's not why. It's because he's good at throwing the ball. But overall, it's the big games. Like I said for me, the way he's played against Ohio State just didn't match up to what I thought it was going to be like. I thought this is what I expected this year. Yes, I expected him to go off against the Virginias, against the Towsons, against Michigan State. Or he had 260 yards and three touchdowns versus, versus Towson and 342 yards versus UVA and three touchdowns versus Michigan State and Indiana 352 yards and three touchdowns. I expected him to do that against those kind of teams. That's not going to be above my expectations because that's what we've kind of grown and expected from Talia. My thing about Talia is the reason he's been below, a tad below, just a tad below my expectation. It's not like it's down here to the ground and it's like, oh my gosh, he's had a horrible season. No, he'll probably be an all Big Ten player. But the reason he's come a tad below my expectation is because Mainly what he did against Ohio State in the big game. This year, I came in thinking, for some reason, I don't know if this was dumb of me or this was wrong of me. I'm not going to say dumb, but if I was just a little bit too confident in Talia, 
I came in here thinking overall that Talia would be able to kind of elevate us against Ohio State and be able to keep us in the game and make a couple of throws that keep us in the game or make a rushing on a third and 10 to keep us in the game. But overall, he held us back in that game. He gave Ohio State a free seven points. He missed the throw to Preston Howard. He threw the pick six. He threw another pick in a game that we easily could have been up 14 to 3, like I talk about a lot. 17 to 3 if he doesn't give him that touchdown. And if it's a 10 3 game at halftime or a 14 3 game at halftime or even a 17 3 game at halftime, you're looking at a completely different game than 10 10 against Ohio State. So overall, my point is I expected him to not hold us back and throw two interceptions against Ohio State. Like I said, I expect him to make a couple of big time throws against Ohio State to keep us in the game in the first seven. Um, in the first seven games of the season. That's kind of why he's been below my expectations in the first seven games of the season. Like I said, he's played awesome outside the big game. But overall, also a reason he's below my expectation is because of what I saw him do against Ohio State last year. I didn't know if schematically he kind of had a couple things dialed up against Ohio State or if he's comfortable against an Ohio State scheme and their defense overall. So I expected him to be able to play well because of how I saw him play last year against Ohio State. Like I said, I didn't know if he was maybe comfortable against Ohio State. I thought that. I thought maybe he has a couple things up his sleeve, a couple things that he knows what Ohio State does, a couple coverages he's able to read against in Ohio State. Because last year against Ohio State, he outplayed C.J. Stroud. So that's the expectation. When you outplay C.J. Stroud, when you play Ohio State last year, and you go 26 of 36 for 293 yards and two touchdowns last year against Ohio State, that's my standard now. Okay, if you came a tab below that, then okay. Then I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's below my expectations. But when he did what he did against Ohio State, 21 of 42. And this is a little bit contradicting myself after the first segment saying, I feel much better about Maryland football because of what Penn State did. But I don't want to measure our program based on what other programs are doing. I want to measure what we have done. And last year, Talia outplayed CJ Stroud, like I said, 26 of 36 for 293 yards. Absolutely. If you look at the stat lines of what CJ Stroud had that game and watched the game, he outplayed CJ Stroud. So this year coming in, I thought we had the quarterback advantage. I expected him to outplay Kyle McCord. And in the first half, it was close. I think Talia, without the interceptions in the first half, was clearly outplaying him. But after that, it was Kyle McCord's game. Kyle McCord was playing better than C or than Talia. So overall, when I watched you outperform CJ Stroud, I expect you to be able to outperform Kyle McCord. And that's the reason he's below my expectation. It's simple as that. When I watch you go off against Ohio State last year, I kind of expect for you to play not maybe not the same exact way, but not hold us back and not throw two interceptions against them. And also Against Charlotte, I expect you to be able to play well against Charlotte. I'm not going to make a huge deal against how the Charlotte game played out, but he did have two interceptions, and he did have a pick six. So overall, in the Charlotte game, they were able to cover, and it was 14-0 Charlotte, and I was concerned a little bit. You're allowed to have a big game. Talia is not perfect, but the reason he's come below my expectation is mainly those two games, and I think just – 
he didn't have to go off against Ohio State. That's a top three defense. But he was missing throws like the touchdown to Preston Howard and the interception was a bad throw. And the second interception was a horrible throw. He should have thrown it away. It wasn't things that I don't have problem with his not as high completion percentage. I don't have a problem with maybe their defense getting some pressure and taking a sack. I have a problem with him making bad reads that are clearly not the reads that he should be making after being experienced as he is. And I have a problem with him overall missing a throw to Preston Howard in the end zone and missing other throws throughout the game. It wasn't anything that Ohio State was doing. It's throws that he's made a ton at Maryland. And that's overall why this season, despite the, a lot of the good performances that I expected, because I've seen that the last couple of years, he's become a tad below because of the big game expectation. But depending on what he does against Michigan and Ohio State, I mean, not Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State, and how he finishes out the season, I could say if he plays well against those teams and keeps us in those games, then I'm going to say he exceeded my expectations this year. But overall, we have to see because right now he's a tad below my expectation. Their Queen's official visit did happen this week weekend. Are the Terps in position to land Derek Queen? I'll tell you after this message from Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use locked on college for a first time deposit. The Terps are going to land their queen. I don't want to jinx to anything, and that's why I kind of didn't want to do this segment, but I honestly don't believe in that kind of stuff, so I'm going to say it anyway. The Terps are in position and will land their queen. The official visit was on Friday, this Friday, or last Friday, and I heard it went pretty well. It sounded like everything happened how it was supposed to, and Jonathan Lamoth, Lamoth the... um. Freshman guard for the Terps posted a menu of Derek Queen on his official visit on one of the restaurants that they take him to. If you don't know, on their official visit, they pay for everything and had a ton of expensive options like crab cake steak, a bunch of different things on the menu. And it said, Derek Queen, come home on the menu. It was an excellent touch by their recruiting. I don't know exactly who sets that, that stuff up. I'm sure they have a whole staff behind that. Sure, Kevin Willard involved, but I love seeing that welcome come. It's time to come home. They are queen. And overall, I think he's going to commit, and I think the Terps are going to land their queen because on every single website right now, their queen is a Terp right now. And on 247, on Rivals, on On3, check any of them. He's crystal ball to the Terps. And that did change a little bit because if you remember – a couple of weeks ago, rivals are on three. I forget exactly which one, but one of them had another school. It was Indiana as a favorite for a little bit. Um, 247 always had Maryland. 
Um, but one of those two actually did have Indiana as a favorite for a little bit. And that concerned me because I know he has some connections at Indiana. And I know Indiana has done a pretty good job at recruiting basketball players. And they got a five-star in last class. And they've done a good job overall. So that concerned me. But overall, now when I look at it, all the crystal balls point to Maryland. And Houston's still in the mix. And Indiana is still in the mix. But overall, I think we're going to land Derek Queen. I, you know, a lot of you guys know he's at Mount Verde, and that's in Florida. It's one of the best basketball factories in the world. Ton of NBA players went there. Ben Simmons, Cade Cunningham, a ton of, a ton more. But overall, I've heard that there's reports that Derek Queen kind of missed being home in Maryland, and I think that's part of why Maryland will land him. It's because he's going to want to come home. I'm sure he wants his family to come see him play. I'm sure he wants to be able to be around a familiar community and a familiar state that he's been around growing up in the Baltimore area. So I expect him to commit, and I think that's going to be a big reason because of that. But he's crystal balled there, and everyone has us landing Derek Queen. And I don't know if we can afford not to land Derek Queen. With Julian Reese going to be going soon to the NBA, or he's going to be a senior next year, but he could be going to the NBA after this year. We need a replacement. And having no 2024 recruits, we have to land this guy. But overall, I'm pretty sure the Derek Queen visit went really well. And I'm expecting, I don't know his timeline. I have no idea. But I'm assuming with basketball season coming up, NBA starts on Tuesday. NBA starts tomorrow. Um, college basketball is starting in a couple weeks. With all that coming, and I'm sure Mount Verde's already practicing. They probably practice year-round. That's a basketball school. That's that's what they do. They play basketball. But with his season, the main part of the season coming up, I'm sure Derek Queen wants to get it out the way, especially because a lot of the 2024 is already committed. So he is a little bit later in the process, which is nothing wrong with that. But I expect him to wrap it up soon and commit to the terms. But thank you for listening to Locked On Terps. Like and subscribe if you like the episode today. We're here every day talking about Maryland football and basketball. But thank you for listening to Locked On Terps.